Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. I think a lot of straight people are fascinated with, um, especially like how two women get pregnant mm-hmm. um, because we do it on purpose. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and yes. they're like not used yeah. to that, right? <laughs> like we've never had like a panic attack over right, right. getting pregnant. It's always pretty intentional. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out. Hi and welcome to Diking Out, a queer podcast that's flirting with being bi, isn't bi-coastal. Uh, I'm Carolyn Bergier. <laughs> and I'm Sarah York. And today we are in Los Angeles again, Diking Out with a TV and comic book writer, Amanda Dybert, about parenting. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Thanks for being here. Uh, Amanda has written for a slew of comic books, including Wonder Woman and DC Superhero Girls, uh, also for shows on sci-fi and Oprah's own network, to name a few. And she has also amassed a great Twitter following by posing questions that gets people to open up with like sharing experiences Mm -hmm. and anecdotes uh, about their lives. And it's a really great follow, which she'll plug later. Quick announcement. Our next uh, show at Stonewall is September 30th. We have a great lineup. uh, So check out dykingout.com slash events for that. That's basically it. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get on with it. Uh, Yeah, Twitter. Tell us a little bit about like why you started doing that because Twitter is such a garbage place. And I feel like your account is... Uh, a little bit of sunshine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, thank you. Uh, no, Twitter is a dumpster fire and uh, <laughs> the world and society right now yeah. is a dumpster fire and everything is horrible. Mm-hmm. And it actually, um, I started those questions in 2016, which is insane, but also kind of when, when the hellscape started mm-hmm. getting really hellscapey. Yeah. Because it was like November of 2016, which Oof. obviously like a lot, of, a lot of shit was going down at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, um, I got um, kind of inspired by people, like, just doing those, you know, like, when people would, in November, like, do gratitude posts because, like, Thanksgiving was coming. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. And I'm like, nobody gives a fuck what I'm thankful for. Um, You know, like, if I'm just (laughs) posting it out in the world. Right. So then I was like, oh, maybe I'll start asking questions that get other people to start thinking about some of the good things that they're grateful for or whatever. And so like that November, I asked a different question every day and people started responding. But then it, I wasn't expecting people to start like opening up and mm-hmm. sharing like really deep, personal, sometimes tragic, sometimes like really funny, but like extremely personal things. And then people would. And I'm like, I'm a stranger. Mm-hmm. And it kept happening. And I'm going to jinx myself, but there were no trolls in those threats. Yeah, I get that's shocking. I, I get trolled just I mean, for like, like anything coughing as a woman on <laughs> yeah, Twitter. Yeah. yeah, and for whatever reason, everyone was just responding to each other like really supportively, really like, oh, I've Sincere. been through that too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. good for you. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? This yeah. is not how Twitter works. So then I was like, oh, I'm gonna keep doing this. Like, people like this. And so then I I didn't want to do it every day because that gets overwhelming. 
Uh, so I started doing it kind of like every week or every other week. And now I've been doing it for years. Um, and, you know, over time, more and more people respond. Now I can't, like I used to try really hard to respond to every single reply. And it's still kind of my goal, but at this point it gets so overwhelming that I can't really. Sure. But I would try to do something like at least like it or retweet it or or comment on it, offer some sort of feedback or whatever. So because the point is like for people to feel heard. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to ask a question, like actually acknowledge them if they're going to share something deeply personal. Like yeah, let them, you got to care about the answer. Yeah. 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 And so like that's always been, which I think is part of why it stayed kind of troll free and positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was just like actually acknowledging that this was a real conversation and there was somebody that really cared about the mm-hmm. answer, kind of set the tone. I think it's just too much reading for trolls. If there's a whole <laughs> discourse, they're like, fuck it, I'm going on to the next one. Like, they want, like, a quick, just a quick thing to insult and move on. Yeah, exactly. They don't have, like, they're not going to get into a thread. Yeah. So. But, yeah, that's how, that's how it all started. And it, I think there's been some really funny ones, some really, like, touching ones, some cool, empowering ones. It's been, it's been awesome. There was one I replied to recently that was like, what was something that when you were going through it, you didn't want to, but were better off for it in the end? And right away, I'm like, oh, my divorce. Yeah. I mean, yeah. True. Take a shot, listeners. <laughs> I mentioned it. <laughs> I love that. I would just, my brain immediately went to like, well, I've I had some cavities filled before. So like that sucked when I was doing it, but I'm glad I got it done. I didn't need it to happen. <laughs> But it can be anything like that. But I like the nature of those kind of questions because it can be like it opens up. It's so open ended that it gives people an opportunity to say something like quick and silly or yeah, really kind of go into something. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the the only thing that I I try to do is I try to not ask a question that could only have negative answers. Yeah. 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 Um, Because, you know, we get plenty of that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. Twitter is mostly just negative stuff. So this is this is refreshing. It's an oasis. I haven't I haven't seen it yet, but it chapter two. Oh, absolutely not. Is that I know it's not your thing. I didn't even watch chapter one. Like the original it gave me a nightmares for years as a child because I saw me it too. when I was five. Oh, what? Oh my god. Yeah, somebody th- this should be I saw in the, the parenting discussion. Uh, yeah. letting your oh my kids. god. Just unfettered <laughs> access to television when I was a kid. There was no uh, uh, within a certain extent, but I watched the and this kicked off like my lifelong just deep distaste for horror films. I watched it on like cable. On like it was on like TBS. Like there were commercials when I was like 10 and I had nightmares every single oh, night. I had yeah. like pro- I was like I was like sitting in school, not being able to concentrate because I was so disturbed from Tim Curry's It. Yeah. Right. Which now I look back on it and I'm like, yes, it's very scary. But I'm like, would I be as scared by that movie now? I don't know. I think because he was a little cartoonish with it. Right. Yeah. It's it's still creepy, but then they yeah, like remade it, it to make it even creepier, which I don't know. Uh, it's fine, whatever. But the other night I was... Walking back to my car in LA, so I saw a show at uh, at the Improv mm-hmm. and got out at like almost one in the morning, and I'm walking to my car and I hear like a paper bag, and I look and there's like this sewer drain. Oh my god! And oh no. something was pulling the paper bag into the sewer drain, and no. I couldn't see. Yes, yes, oh and my I'm god. like, and that's not something that like a rat could do because you'd have to. I don't know. I, mean, I I was like, 
But you saw the paper bag being pulled into I the drain. Saw, oh, I heard terrifying. it, and then I saw it being, like, jerked back a couple times. <laughs> I would scream at the top of my lungs. I, <laughs> I like, started fumbling with my keys, and yeah, I yeah. just threw myself into the yeah. car. No, no way. And locked it. I'm like, holy shit. Um, I couldn't possibly terrifying. do it. But I have yeah. heard that the movie is, like, pretty good, and that Bill Hader's awesome. But I'll I never know. see it. I do want to see it because of that. <sighs> I, can't, yeah. like, uh, I can't, like, not put myself inside the movie when I watch something like I don't know if you like that genre but like I just I can't be I can't just be a person watching a movie I yeah. have to like be in it so that's why I just can't do horror because I can't deal with like a clown that knows all my fears <laughs> I can't I mean it's terrifying it's just, it is that the is terrifying. worst thing you can possibly imagine yeah Stephen King's the worst yeah I do I do love the the genre actually when I went to uh Portland the other week I hiked around Mount Hood and there's a lodge there mm-hmm. that is where like The Shining took oh, place. Oh, really? Hmm? I said fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun. Very <laughs> fun. Me. Right. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. I mean, it's kind of, it's love, very picturesque. Yeah. I love The Shining. Yeah. The Shining's great. It's a, I mean, it's a good movie. Yeah. It's I good. love Shelley Duvall. Um, it's very sad what has happened to her. I know. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, what percentage of actors actually have a life that isn't some sad, weird, twisted turn? Really, uh, like there just aren't many of them. I watched uh, inadvertently a tiny part of The Shining last night because we watched the movie Twister, and there was a scene in Twister. <laughs> of course, you where, watched the movie. Yes, Twister we watched again. Twister. First of all, it still holds up. Special effects wise, actually, still pretty good for being a twenty-three-year-old movie. Um, but there's a scene in Twister where the, remember the scene where the tornado's coming at the drive-in and they're playing The Shining? Yeah. So I remember like The Shining kind of made me think of that. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah. we specifically watched Twister last night because we Helen being Hunt you and your girlfriend. in that movie, yes, okay. and your girlfriend, because Helen Hunt in that movie is so fucking hot and she's so like timelessly hot in that movie. Like she came on the yeah. screen, we're both like, yeah, like we just like outburst. <laughs> like, yeah. I cannot deal with how fucking hot she is in that movie. Like it's like the, but like the queer en- energy that she that her character gives off is so palpable. Yeah, that I could not, I couldn't like get with the storyline of her and Bill Paxton. I was like, this isn't. She doesn't like this guy. Like what? She's a fucking storm chaser. She's gay. Yeah. Like it just felt like such a gay movie to me. Of course, I loved it. So it's time for a remake. It the is lesbian time. Twister. You know what? I was thinking about that last night. I was like, if they remade the movie Twister, who would be the actors playing? I'm seeing Kristen Stewart at in the outfit. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like aesthetically yeah. she could be like a like a renegade storm chaser with a with a you know like a a past and she's like out for vengeance against like mother nature. Whatever happened to I want to say her name is Lily Sobieski. Her was, name is Lily Sobieski. What yes. happened to her? She was like know, a young Helen Hunt. Hunt. I know. That's a, that's she looks a good like a young call. Helen that's Hunt for sure. Call. She was awesome. She was in Where um, did she go? I don't know. She was in Joan of Arc. Everything. Yeah. What yeah, happened? she was I don't know, but she was great. But someone like someone like with that kind of energy could play like the main character in Twister. And but I don't know who they would who they would cast for like the Bill Paxton. They would probably be like Chris Pratt or some fucking or The Rock, even though like he would play a character who's like like you know he plays he's like 50 something but plays like 28-year-old characters. Yeah. I love that movie so much. Don't and let Philip Seymour Hoffman. Ugh. Don't let Chris Pratt near my 
lesbian no, tornado he doesn't chasers. get to be anywhere. Yeah, but like Keep an all away. lesbian reboot of Twister would be the yes. thing that if I had like a billion dollars, I would just pay to make. <laughs> so I would just starting do the GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah. GoFundMe.com <laughs> slash all lesbian Twister remake. Tornadoes are very vaginal. <laughs> <laughs> Tornadoes are inherently queer. Yes, they're destructive. I, everyone sees it coming. They're powerful. Yeah, powerful. <laughs> Most people are afraid. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> we're kind of getting into this, like, watching a new 90s movie every time we're together thing. Oh. But my brain always goes to, like, how would I remake this movie now? Yeah. And make it gay? Because that's all, that's all I ever think about. I mean, fair. Yeah. Why think about it? For sure. Else? Yeah, exactly. What's, what's the point? <laughs> are, are you just picking all the movies that were, like, roots for you? Mm, yeah. <laughs> all 300 of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Up next is A League of Their Own. Which is gay enough as it is. Yes. Yeah, that's 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 a lesbian film. That is canon lesbian yeah. film. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I find Wonder Woman to be a lesbian film as well, even though it's not like, I don't know. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, as someone who writes Wonder Woman. Yes. And has the coolest shirt I've ever seen in my life on oh, right now. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's yeah. the Wonder Woman logo, but in rainbow colors. It's yes. amazing. It is one of my, my favorite shirts. That yeah, I yeah. Yeah. How'd you get into comic book writing? Um, My wife. Uh, oh, cool. So I was already a, a writer and a, a television writer, and she is a comic book illustrator. Perfect. Cat uh, Stags, I'll shout out my wife here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when we started dating, I started writing a comic strip that she illustrated for a now defunct like female comedy website. So it was just like funny stories from my life. Mm-hmm. And we did that together. Then I did like a little story for an anthology, and then I was I was actually like posting. Um, kind of funny, silly videos online for the site too. And I did one that was a Batman joke basically. And one of the editors, it ended up going around like the DC Comics offices and one of the editors uh, then reached out to me and she was like, hey, so I saw, you know, you've done some comics with Kat and like you did this thing and it's really funny. Would you like to write Wonder Woman? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, you want me to start with the story of like the most iconic female superhero of all time. Yeah. to, To start. (laughs) <laughs> sure. Yes. So I so I did. I I did a Wonder Woman story that my wife illustrated. And uh then yeah, and then they I was lucky enough that they kept hiring me for things and then so I've been writing comics now for um I don't know, I guess like six or seven years now. Oh my god, that's it, so, yeah. great. And were you ever into comics before then or is just something you fell into and now you I mean I would read I would read them as a kid some. Like I was really into like uh particularly Betty and Veronica digest from Archie's comics yes. and like that kind of stuff. Uh but it wasn't necessarily uh something I was looking to do professionally, you know, sure. like, like write them. But then like now it's my favorite thing I do. Like yeah. I love writing comics, like even more than I like the the TV and film stuff, like it's just so, I don't know, there's so much freedom and you get to see all this beautiful art mm-hmm. and it's yeah. just, I love it. You're actually the second guest we've had on who has written I know. Wonder Woman. Yeah, we had Vita Ella, yeah. two episodes with with, uh, with them about with Vita, yeah. writing uh, comics. It's really fast. It's a fascinating world. I know like nothing about it, but it's just so like, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's awesome. awesome. It's, a, it's a great world. And so you and your wife met through like, working as writer and illustrator like how did, was no that like- no no we met we just like met online like oh un- okay. yeah like unrelated oh, awesome. to any yeah. of that and then started dating um and that was oh my god over 10 years ago now but amazing like, yeah 
All I right. think that's a great combination as a yeah. writer who is married also to an artist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and being able to collaborate on projects mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's so much fun to have those mm-hmm. uh, complementary right. skill sets for creating yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yes. It's nice to to both be creatives but not exactly do the same thing. Yes. It's so not, you're not competing for like the same job, you know, yes, like, yes. or the same, if you're within the same world, like I've always been kind of curious about couples who both do the exact specific thing right. in their field. It's like, yeah. how do you not have any sort of like conflict about this, like job wise or whatever? Yeah. I always wonder about that too, because mm-hmm. I'd like to think that I would be emotionally mature and very supportive sure. and always be like, yes, babe, you go. Yeah. But I wonder. I'm I like, wouldn't be at all. If she was like suddenly like <laughs> selling like a million more books than right. me and like doing so well. And I was like, I'm unemployed. If yeah. I would still be like, you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I like it this way because I'm just like fully supportive of my wife and her successes and she can be fully supportive of mine and we mm-hmm. get it. Like we can bounce things off of each other, but yeah. without, without any competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. I love too that like. Uh, Cecilia and I both have like an appreciation for what the other can do because Mm -hmm. we can't do it. Like Cecilia, as much as she won't admit it, like she can write. Um, Mm -hmm. I think she's just a little bit more shy about it because English is her, her second language. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can draw and make art and do a little bit of design, but not even, not even close. Visual artist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like knowing what it takes to do what the other one does. Mm-hmm. We're just like, whoa, awesome. High five. That's and so cool. And of each other. I love that. That's great. So, do you think that couples who are like in industries outside of like the kind of stuff we do ever like that? Like if it's like an accountant and like a, <laughs> like a marketing executive, like I just love just watching way, him do math, just watching him, <laughs> watching him make, balance sheets I just oh it's just so cool I just high five each other all the time as someone who <laughs> dated an accountant come tax season yeah it was great yeah. I was all about being supportive yeah. during tax season <laughs> it was really hard when I had to first uh do my taxes on my own oh yeah because that was worst. like my college relationship so I went from like being a teenager and not really having to do yeah taxes for my like minimum wage jobs to mm-hmm. uh yeah just having my girlfriend do them every year I mean smart on you kind of I know yeah. right? I know but then I dated an engineer and that was good for nothing yeah. <laughs> you're like well I don't need my own bridge built or anything like that so yeah like I'm, I'm not interested in the duct work of this yeah. building sorry <laughs> As much as you're not interested in the inner workings of my brain and yeah. my, my emotions, <laughs> I'm not interested in this fucking building you have here. Yeah, I guess it's fair that it was mutual not caring for what yeah, the other yeah. person <laughs> did. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Parenting. Yeah. Let's talk about so that. You guys have a little, a little girl. We do. She's four and a half, oh. which is insane. Yeah. What um, a fun age. It's so fun. Oh, my God. She's like... Such a person now. Yeah. Like she has her own like distinct personality and point of view. Like it's it's just it's really delightful and mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So tell us about the the journey to getting to the point where you you had a kid because the, everybody loves to hear about that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they will ask you. Mm-hmm. Strangers yeah. will ask you just very, very personal, very intimate questions that always yeah. make me want to retort like well, so were you like doggy style with your wife when you right. conceived? Or right. Like- yeah. I know. I have a friend who 
listens to the podcast and and she and her wife have a, a kid and she told me the exact same thing that yeah. like people ask you really weird invasive questions about like the conception of the child yes that they never fucking ask straight people I no once, one asked that I once at a party when uh, when our daughter was still an infant so still breastfeeding um I was at a party for a, a straight couple's little girl. And there was another woman at the party and she just sat down with me. And like, we had just met, like, I did not know her. We're like sitting there at the party eating cake or whatever. And she was like, so do you and your wife both breastfeed? Like, can you just like switch off? What? And I'm like, you are a woman. Can yeah. I pass you my baby and you yeah. just have milk come out of like your a, chest? Like a wet nurse from medieval times? Like, like, you should know that this doesn't work this way because you have breasts yourself. <laughs> Oh my god! That was the weird question. That was the weirdest question we ever got. Why do you want to know that anyway? Yeah, like yeah, it was bizarre. Be the weirdest question you've ever got. That was the weirdest one because then it also made me concerned that maybe she doesn't understand her own anatomy. (laughs) Yeah, lady, I'm concerned. If she has kids, I'm really concerned. I was like, you are a grown adult, and I need to send you to health class. Yeah. I, I feel like the the worst one that a lot of queer couples get. It's like, who's the real? Yeah, mom. that one yeah. So makes which one's me like the mom mom? Oh, yeah. I would punch someone. I swear. Right? I would go nuts if someone said that to me. Yeah. The, the flames come out of my eyes. Like, I can't yeah. even help it. Yeah. yeah. If someone says that, even if I know that they are they don't mean it that way. I know. Because, because everybody's people always are so well-intentioned. Yeah. But yeah. it's garbage. But they ask, and it's like, it takes everything in me not to murder at that right. point. Yeah. But it's like, and you know, then of course I just answered, like we're both her real mother. Yeah. And then like, we're very close friends with a couple uh, gay dads and they get that too. Yeah. Oh, you know, man. it's like, so which one is the father? Yeah. And it's just like, it's like, we both are. That's the point. Like we are the whole fucking point. We are two married women yeah. who decided to have a child together, which we have had together. Yeah. Which we raised together. And so it's just like the, the level of inappropriate, the worst is when they ask in front of your kid. Because now yeah. she's four and a half, and now she and she can understand. You when she yeah. was a baby, at least, yeah, she wasn't aware. But now it's like, don't like, don't ask it at all. But yeah. certainly, don't ask it, and then put those kind of weird identity crisis questions yeah. in the child's head, yeah. especially when they're at that age because they're just this little sponge and they retain every single piece of information incoming right. at them all the time, and. To even like put that in the air in the fucking ecosystem in front of a child, right? It's right. just asking for chaos yes. I, in their head. I think a lot of straight people are fascinated with, um, especially like how two women get pregnant mm-hmm. um, because we do it on purpose. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and yes. they're like not used yeah, to that, exactly. right? <laughs> like we've never had like a panic attack over right, right. getting pregnant. It's always pretty intentional. We don't have to convince our partner that this is actually going to be a good thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that. Oh, well, that happens. I'm sure. Beforehand. At some point. Yeah, beforehand. Yeah. Not, yeah, but that's not way afterwards. before there's like. Yeah. A, yeah that's like it's a, a very yeah. intentional move. Yeah. It, it is a crazy thing, though. Like, so Cecilia and I are, are going through the process now, like the early stages mm-hmm. of all the fertility and stuff. And, uh, like, even though we're in it, we still feel like we don't have the answers. That's another thing mm-hmm. about people asking you questions is that I feel like an idiot because I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. I kind of think it, it's this because there's so that's yeah, oh there's God. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a million ways that that queer couples uh, who do decide to parent go about. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And like, you know, in this context, I'm perfectly happy to to talk about how we did it. Yeah. Um, which was for us. um 
when a woman loves another woman very much, and then one woman gets laid off of her television show and gets a severance package. <laughs> <laughs> yes! I was like, hey, babe, I don't have a job, but what I do have is some money. And yeah. some time. <laughs> and yeah. some time. So why don't we try to do this? That is so romantic. Isn't it? The tale it's is just time. beautiful. You know, I love that. It's poetry, really. Um, so, yeah, so I got laid off, and... Um, we knew, you know, we had been married. It was actually kind of traditional in the way that we had we had already been married um, for a couple years. We were married for three years when she was born, um, but only legally in New York, where we don't live. We got married in New York. It was right. not legal in California, <laughs> yeah. so we were married, but not legally here, mm-hmm. yeah. but legally somewhere, because um, that's a confusing part of. Uh, you know, queer yeah. narratives as well. But yeah, with my first marriage, I went to a different state to get married yeah, just so true. it was a legal mm-hmm. marriage and then went back to Georgia where it wasn't legal and then had to fill out forms when you get a new job and mark single and feel Ugh, like an yeah. asshole and angry at the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we came back from, we went to New York and got married. We came back and went to like a, a FedEx store and filled out paperwork for domestic partnership here. Mm-hmm. Very romantic. <laughs> and then for like taxes, it was like federally we had to mark single, but in California we had to mark domestic partner. Yep. But then also we were like actually married in New York. So it was wow. very, yeah. it was a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We were everything and yeah. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But yeah, so then we decided you know, we, we had to get some, uh, some sperm, mm-hmm. yeah, which we got and go to a clinic. And, uh, for us, the decision of who would carry was pretty easy and upfront because, um, we have an age difference. And so like I was younger, so it just made sense mm-hmm. to like, be like, okay, the person with like the most viable yeah. womb should, should do this, yeah. which is a fun See that, that we fun, yeah, that's interesting awesome. because my my wife's older, so but she really wants to be pregnant. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, have her go first, even though I'm more viable. A funny thing is a lot of people ask a question which I think is totally asinine, which is, oh, you two could get pregnant at the same time. Isn't that cool? I'm like, no, that sounds like <laughs> the, like the worst possible thing. That's the but then, worst but, lesbian mo- movie ever. Of but, both of you. There was a brief point, and I know people have done it, where I thought maybe that would be a good idea because, like, what if it takes her a while to get pregnant and then meanwhile it's just getting harder for me to get pregnant because I'm waiting? So, like, what are the chances that it would actually take at the same exact oh time? What so if what you, if we both ugh. tried at the same time? <laughs> I know. We're not yeah. we're not doing that. Because I think but, about that, too, and I'm like, well, then you could just both give it a shot and see what happens. Like, well, no, but what if you both get pregnant? What if you both have twins? Like, then you have four right. fucking kids. Like, and know. it's even, it's not even that. There's also like that, you know, being pregnant after a while, mm-hmm. um, your body, you know, there are things that get harder, that you get more tired, especially something can yeah. happen. Yeah. You end up having to be off your feet for a while. If both of you aren't able to help each other, oh, yeah. then you're two people who need help and there's nobody there to be Then that. you no, are a exactly. couple. Exactly. <laughs> and then you've got a couple of newborns and both people are recovering because like the recovery process can also be very intense depending on like what for sure. happens. Oh, for of sure. course. Yeah. So yeah, I don't... A lot of variables. As a woman who has given birth I, I don't know that I would recommend doing two at once no, no. <laughs> I mean, we definitely we but it, it is kind of one of those second. things that, that people just say without thinking like well yeah that is a possibility but what if it both it works out for both I don't know yeah it could yeah. it could ideally work out like really great but there's just so many variables yeah, that could yeah. go like 
so crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely way too much, even though, again, I have read articles about two women who did get pregnant at the same time. Uh, and it still sounds insane to me, but, but I think it's more insane how often straight people think it's a great idea. Oh, totally. Because I'm like, you, you would never want this for yourself in your own life. Why do you think we're down with this? (laughs) They're like, I don't know. You guys are freaks. Just do weird freak stuff. (laughs) But then you could trade off breastfeeding. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. (laughs) God, that's amazing. I mean, I think it would be something, I think if you, if you had like a ton of resources, that would be kind of a thing that you could think about, but most people don't. So yeah, I don't know. Well, it takes a lot of resources to to have a kid in the first place. It really so having does. additional resources to help with that would be. Yeah. It takes a lot um, of like emotional, you know, I don't know. It, how, did you guys know as a couple that you wanted to be parents like from the beginning or was that something that sort of evolved? Um, I always knew that I wanted to be a parent. Cat uh, was a little more on the fence uh, because in a previous relationship they had decided that they, they wouldn't be. And so then dating me kind of reopened that door for uh-huh. her. So then she was like, oh, like, let me think about this. But then she was like, yes, I do want to have a child with you. And same uh, thing kind of happened to me where, I mean, I was, um, I had always wanted a kid, but then was in a marriage that, mm-hmm. you know, would that wouldn't have been a great environment to have a kid right, in. So I right. talked myself out of it. And then it took a little bit of coming around with Cecilia, who was so sure she wanted a kid with me. And then I was like, duh, like having mm-hmm. a kid with you would be very different. And I would love to have a kid with you. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, come it like the, the person that you're going into it with, like that definitely makes oh, yeah. a difference. I mean, e- even my sister for years was like, I don't want to have kids. I don't want to have kids. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you do, which not everybody wants to have kids, but just like mm-hmm. knowing my sister, I thought she did. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's just because you haven't found anybody who you would want to have kids mm-hmm. with. And once she did meet the right person, she has two kids now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It makes a huge difference. But yeah, yeah, that was, that was almost exactly the situation with my wife. It was yeah. like, it wouldn't have been a good relationship. And then it was her going like, oh, but this one. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, with you, I do. And so then mm-hmm. we, then, yeah, then we were both on the same page. And so like, then we were very traditional. We got married and then if, we're married for a couple of years and then started trying. And I got, I actually got pregnant on the first try with our oh, daughter. Oh, great. Um, oh, great. Which was fortunate. Yeah. yeah that's um, awesome. And great. So then we were just in it. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wonder about that. Like if I were to kit to be the one to like get pregnant in a situation how like how quickly it might happen for me because for my sister it happened really easily mm-hmm. three times mm-hmm. right away like yeah. there's she's just never I don't know if that's genetic if that like is the same for people but she like a guy would like sneeze in her direction and <laughs> I have a sister like pregnant. that too yeah, yeah. She, like, has, just, she has three kids <laughs> yeah was that a penis sneeze just <laughs> the easiest fucking thing in the world for her so I don't know <laughs> I think about that. I'm like, maybe, maybe we'll get lucky if, if I decide to have a kid and it'll just be like a one shot situation. Yeah. So how, as far as like, um, I know we're in California right now, but like, and obviously maybe that's a more like more liberal situation as far as like mentalities and healthcare. But like, did you come across any obstacles in like prenatal care or dealing, dealing with doctors who maybe weren't 
on board with like a queer couple or who, ha- who had sort of different ways of handling things than you think they may have if you were with a man. No, and I think that has a lot to do with being in Los Angeles mm-hmm. in particular. I mean, also because, you know, we went to a fertility clinic in Beverly Hills for all of the like conception yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So because we were already in a clinic where they're only dealing with people who are either having fertility issues or are same-sex couples. Okay. It was like, you know, we weren't even the only lesbians yeah. there. Um, and then same thing. It's It was just every, all the doctors that we had were all, you know, kind of very accustomed yeah. to it already. Yeah. I, you know, I grew up in the deep South. I'm sure it would have been incredibly different for right. me there. Yeah. But here that was, you know, and both of our names are on the birth certificate and all that. Like, yeah. you know, it was pretty. I, I, I wonder like if it's even possible to go into like a fertility clinic, let's say in like in Alabama or like you know, somewhere in Florida that might be more conservative if they're allowed to like tell you no based on you being in a same sex couple. I don't know. I think that's part of those like cake shop laws. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's getting, I think it's getting easier to say. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now like in, in terms of parenting, I don't know. I, I feel like obviously whether you're in a same sex relationship, uh, or not, you know, being a parent, there's a mm-hmm. lot that is the same with raising a child. But uh, but I imagine every once in a while there are moments that remind you like, oh, yeah, we're queer parents or mm-hmm. like wh- when does that kind of come up for you other than straight people being rude? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, a, a lot of times in, in positive and negative ways, uh, one place that it gets really, really apparent is uh, – Children's entertainment and books and TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like our daughter obviously doesn't see her own family reflected back to her very often. And anytime that I do see any queer representation in like cartoons, I get really emotional and like almost start crying. And I realize like it matters so much to me for her to get to see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I'm even watching her now. And we, you know, obviously we're a lesbian family. Her primary babysitter is a divorced lesbian mom with a kid. Her one of her best friends has two dads. Like, like oh, she's cool. she's got yeah. a community even within, but still, I've noticed like her default when playing games is still kind of heteronormative because that's still what she sees mm-hmm. in society in her books and her television cartoons shows and, and yeah. cartoons. So, like, she tends to default a lot to like there's a mom and a dad, mm-hmm. even though that's not what her, even her own family looks like. Yeah, yeah, and that's a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's a little bit sad for me because it's like I, I wish that she could see herself more because I think that's, you know, something she's always gonna, you know, she's part of other no matter how she ends up, you know, identifying yeah, later. Of course, she's gonna be in that other category in the way that she grew up. I'm trying to remember where I heard this story. Whether it was someone I, I knew whose kid went to school and they had to draw a picture of the family, and then there there was like a daddy there, and they're like, "Who's this?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's this guy? Yeah, yeah. But like, if if all the other kids are drawing like right. mommy, mommy and daddy, and yeah. they think like, well, this is the assignment. <laughs> right, right. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I do feel lucky, you know, in her preschool class is really small, and there's a two-mom family and a two-dad family, so like, her friend group is all very, like, they all know us. They're Okay, cool. Like, none of her little friends right now even know that it's weird or different because they've always grown up now with these, yeah. these queer families, um, which I'm grateful about. But even there will be things, you know, it's like um, trying to navigate, like, Mother's Day events and Father's Day events at the school. Yeah. And, like, you know, we both show up for Mother's Day, and then it's like, well, what do deciding, well, what do we do for Father's Day? Do we have or have nobody there? Do we both show up for that? Which is mm-hmm. generally what we do is just like we both show up for both. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's, it's, it is a little bit um, like That's those weird. kind of things yeah. are a little yeah. complicated. And we've talked to our, our dad friends like the same way. They're like, what are, what are we, what are we doing with this? Like, <laughs> yeah, what's protocol here, guys? Like, let's yeah. all get together. Because <laughs> you know? it is, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of like, when when it's not just people being like homophobic jerks, it's it's mm-hmm. a lot of just those little things where like society kind of operates on this default. Yes, and we disrupt that even in ways that we that nobody's thinking about, and then it's suddenly like you hit that, and you're like, oh, oh, right. So you want to do a father daughter dance? Okay. Yep. So then do we just decide which one of us is going to go be the stand in for that? And then are we yeah. saying something about like which parent is more masculine because neither of us are a father and neither of us identify as a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, like, it's just like, it's those little things, which I'm sure will continue to come up against as she, you know, gets older. Yeah. Yeah. So even in Los Angeles, there are things that are still very much this like very gendered way of thinking so that it's not like a parent and child dance or where yeah, it could easily be like parent concept day. of father-daughter dance is like a little fraught because like there's probably a lot of kids who don't have, maybe their father isn't present or right. f- is deceased yeah. or is otherwise. I just think it, I don't like. I remember as a kid like. That, like for, that that put kids on the spot who yeah. don't have a perfectly, uh, you know, who don't have a kind of a nuclear family unit. Yeah. You know, in the, in the traditional sense, like. I don't know. I just, I think that's kind of, I think it should be like a parent daughter dance or a, you know, parent child dance or whatever. I super agree. As a lesbian mom and and as a, as a kid who was uh, orphaned when I was young, like I just, yeah. Yeah. For me, like you just never. Yeah. How has your experience being orphaned when you were younger have like affected your, your approach to parenting and. Um, that's a great question. I mean, I'm probably like a slightly more paranoid parent than other people. (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think I am maybe a little more aware of, of otherness and different family dynamics, like even beyond just like the, the lesbian family dynamic that we happen to be in, but just like knowing that kids can be going through, you know, a lot of intense stuff pretty young. And I'm also, you know, I think it's made me more candid with my daughter about things like death and, 
um, you know, just having hard conversations with her when she's young and making sure that she's kind of aware of the way mm-hmm. that life in the world, in an age appropriate way, but like yeah. The, yeah. the way life in the world work. Has she had to confront like a death situation yet? Yes. Um, luckily not with a, with a person, which I think makes it a little easier, mm-hmm. but we had, guys, we had three pets die within a month of each other when she was three. Oh my oh, God. Man. It that is the worst. Oh, no. We because we uh, my wife had like these two cats and a dog and I had a cat when we got together. Uh-huh. We've been together for 10 years, but we already had those animals. Such a lesbian Brady Bunch situation. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so they were all 15 oh. and she was 3. Mm-hmm. And they just like just the dog died and then one of the cats died no. and then the last cat died. And I was like, that's like, all of our pets. For the love of God, can wow. you guys slow down? Yeah, I was yeah. like, come on, stop. Someone stop. hang on. I know. I was like, can you, can you like hold out for like another year? Like the last one I was like begging. I was like, please, James, just like hang on. James. Oh. But no, yeah. they all died within like this like month span. So right after Christmas. And your daughter's like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and so like she lost her dog. Then yeah. she lost her cat. Then she lost her other cat. Then we had no pets. They were yeah. all dead. Um, now she we got we got her a kitten about six months later. Because I was like, we're getting a baby. It's yes. going to be healthy and it's going to live for the it's gonna rest live of her child. At least get her through high school. <laughs> yeah. So, I was like, we are not doing this to her again. Get her to college, for God's sake, with another cat. Yeah, so this cat had better stay healthy. Yeah. Our cat, when I was a kid, lived to be 18, so. That's great. Yeah. I cats wish are, one of ours cats had. Cats are good for that. They'll, they'll live for like a solid 15, yeah. if not more. Yeah, I'm counting. I'm counting on Raven. Yeah. yeah. That is kind of a thing, though. I mean, my niece and nephews when they were little my dad I mean they spend a lot of time with their grandparents and my dad had a dog that was old and it was kind of like that's sort of like the intro to death mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. pets unfortunately I mean, you hope, you hope. You yeah hope. of course you yeah. hope yeah so it is kind of an interesting way to to do that what they did is um when the dog died they got him cremated in his ashes and they my dad dug a hole in the front yard and he planted a tree in the front yard oh, and they put the ashes in with the thing so now it's like the bosco tree and like oh, the kids really know that it's like that's the dog is now a tree you know like isn't that cute that's adorable so, yeah yeah so that's like i don't know and they had a series of goldfish of course sure, sure. Those, those live for like a few hours so yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went we went the carl sagan we're all stardust route yeah so we talked about about that and then that if she missed them, you know, she could look up in the stars. Oh. And so she thinks of them as part of the stars. And we got really lucky the same week that the the last pet died. Um, we happened to watch The Princess and the Frog with her, the um, the Disney, Disney yeah. uh-huh. cartoon with Tiana, which I had never seen. Yeah. And there is a character in that, spoilers, guys. Um, <laughs> there's a character in that who is a little like lightning bug and he dies and then he goes up into the stars and like you see it and you watch it. And she got so excited. Oh, yeah. She was like, oh, he's up in the stars. And it like. It affirmed what you yes. had told her. And what she had just been dealing with and going through. Oh, and I was that's like. great. Thank, Thank you, you Disney. so much, yeah. Disney. For once you did something right <laughs> the, for a little girl. The Lion King too though. Does, isn't Mufasa like in the sky? Oh, I that's think true. He's, like, yeah. In the yeah, there's like yeah. a scene yeah. in the cartoon. I don't know about the live action. In the but cartoon, yeah. he's like. In the clouds and yeah, yeah. that's it's great. Yeah, so Aww. I was I was very grateful in that moment, mm-hmm. and then like my wife and I were both like tearing up. Oh, I would like, be oh I would God. be literally <laughs> sobbing. I yeah. can't even like to see her connect the dots on her own. Yeah, and 
yeah, to be affirmed in her, and you know, you can watch her in real time being affirmed that 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 is what happens. That's wonderful. Yeah, it was. It was. I a, love that. It was a really solid parenting assist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, being a, a queer parent, do you find yourself um, like? still though falling into traps of like heteronormative thinking or, or like, like gender roles and stuff like that. Um, because I feel like, mm. like we all want to, you know, in theory be free of that, mm-hmm. but we've also had society training us in a certain way. So like when you're, when you're shopping for your daughter, which I, I always find like, it's a little bit different with girls and with yeah. boys because mm-hmm. it's always been acceptable for girls to be to tomboys yes. and to buy like Barbies for, for your son. But talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I, uh, I do think it's easier when you have a girl in that way. Um, I don't think there's a lot easier about raising a girl or being a girl. Mm -hmm. But in this one way, I do think, you know, that like when she's dressed in like a Batman Mm t-shirt, like everyone's like, oh, cool shirt. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if I had a son with like an Ariel t-shirt, I think it would be received as like, oh, right, of course the lesbian parents are putting their kid in the little like, Mm. you know. Yeah. Because I think there's even extra pressure on queer parents. Like if your child does something that's not like gender normative, then it's like, oh, of course that kid's doing that because they have gay parents. Where I think yeah. like, I think like, especially in LA, like straight parents that do that, it's seen as like super progressive and awesome. Yeah, like, super oh, hip. yeah, your son's wearing nail polish and a necklace. You're so awesome and woke. And then like, yeah, but we're just pushing the gay agenda exactly. down the throats exactly. of our, yeah. <laughs> I think there's a with, huge with, difference with in how it's straight perceived. people. It's like, oh, that, oh, that they must be artists. Like yeah. they must be musicians or something really cool. Yeah. But with us, it's like, well, look at them go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I um, I actually had an interesting like confronting my own um, issues with like gender constructs and everything when when she was really little because we had done like her nursery very neutral. It was all like space themed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and and we had started coming up with that concept like before we even knew one way or another, you know, what mm-hmm. her her genitalia would look like. Yeah. But like we uh, you know, everything had been kind of neutral and we weren't going like particularly like girly or femmy with anything. I mean, like she had sure. some stuff that was pink, yeah. but like mostly it was all like fairly neutral. And then one day, um I happened to have like she was wearing like gray or something, and there was like a a gray hair bow that someone had given us for her a headband and I put it on her and one of my friends who's also a lesbian who's not a mom was like oh good thing you put a bow on her so we'd know she was a girl and I found myself defending it and being like oh well we don't normally and this is the first time I've ever put a bow on her Mm -hmm. and like I realized that I was kind of apologizing for her having something that was femme yeah and then I was like oh god I'm doing the opposite thing like I'm I'm putting feminists as less than. I'm like uh-huh. apologizing for like something yeah. being girly. Yeah. And then I I ended up writing like a whole piece that ended up on like the now defunct Exo Jane, but um about like why I don't want my daughter to hate pink. Uh-huh. Because I I realized in that moment that I was like ashamed that she was wearing a bow. And then I was like, "Whoa, this is the the other side of that coin." Yeah. That like I wanted so much to not be that mom who was like pushing the girly stuff that then I was pushing like everything should be neutral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to present everything to her. She's going to have 
all of the options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she can like what she likes. Like yeah. whatever she likes. Yeah. And what she is right now, which who knows, she's four and a half, is um, I call her like a like a like a glitter vampire or glitter goth. <laughs> she sounds rad. She's she's the best. I'm so biased, but she's so great. She loves really spooky things like uh-huh. vampires and monsters and zombies. Frankenstein is her favorite monster. Yes. We go to like the Halloween stores. Like she loves scary spooky, but she also loves like glitter and ra- like if you ask her her favorite color, she will say pink rainbow glittery. Oh my god. Like Amazing. that's her favorite color. Yes. That's great. Um, she loves unicorns. Uh, so she wants to be like in like a big, beautiful dress. Yeah. Decked out in glitter in the Halloween store. Yes. Like with like a like a zombie mask on her face. Oh my God. Love That's it. That's amazing. Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, good. I think I'm accomplishing what I yeah. want to accomplish. She's going to love going to Pride. <laughs> yeah. That's all yeah. it is. It's just yeah. like colors and glitter and magic. Yeah. She's but like, then, these are my people. Leather straps. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true. Handcuffs. That's a good mix. And then Capital One giving her <laughs> fucking rainbow calculators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that that's something I always think about a, a lot um, mm-hmm. is that, you know, before your kid is old enough to pick out their own clothes or mm-hmm. have their own taste and you're kind of making these decisions for them mm-hmm. is that, you know, on one hand we're like, oh, gender is a, a construct and, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to reinforce these like very strict generals, but then you don't want to be to a point where you're just like shaming expressions of overt right. yeah, feminism yeah. Or, or masculinity right. the the way that, you know, um, it has like manifested over the years yeah, and that's really hard. And, and it's hard to, I mean, I can only imagine, um, one thing about being a parent is just like constantly knowing that you're being judged by yeah. others. Um, also like the constant loop I imagine of like unsolicited advice from people. Is that a, that's gotta be a thing? Never. Yeah, never. I've never gotten feedback out of nowhere that I didn't ask for. Yeah. <laughs> no, from the moment that I was visibly pregnant. I can imagine. It's, yeah. it's been a nonstop like, oh, I wasn't as or like even, you know, because as we've established, I'm on Twitter all the time. Um, even if I'll tweet like a, like a cute, funny anecdote about her doing something, like suddenly there will be these replies that are like telling me what to do about it or how to, and I'm like, I didn't ask. I'm I'm very comfortable with what we're doing about the situation. I just was telling a story. Yeah. I've noticed that too, like under every, you know, like cute viral video of a kid doing something that kids do that's cute and funny. There's like 300 people that are like, well, actually this is why this is not good. Do you feel like specifically like mom Twitter is like a place that you find that you fit into or is it kind of like, oh God, I can't with these Twitter moms or like internet moms in general who swoop in? Um, I'm, I've found there's, you have to kind of find your, your niche of moms, yeah. I think is the thing or parents. Like I'm in a, I'm in a private Facebook group that was started by friends and then like invited friends of friends. And that is a super supportive parenting. Cool community that everyone is like kind of on the same page but then I've also been in mom groups or in like the general public of of mommy culture is fucking terrifying it is yeah like the things people will say or do or endorse and then you get in there and you're like oh oh my god everyone's psychotic and then I think about that like I'm gonna have to deal with these moms like right now 
in in Los Angeles, I don't know how it is in New York, but like all the preschools are private. So like right now, oh, okay, like she's in a, a a pretty small private school, but like next year she will go to kindergarten, and I'm like, she's just gonna be out in the world, yeah, and I'm gonna yeah. have to deal with these moms, yeah, like they're gonna be at the school, and I'm gonna have to like confront like Trump supporting, like of course, you know, oh God. yeah, it's just do you yeah. how have you and your and your wife kind of like found your community of parents. Like, do you have, I assume you have sort of a network of like yeah. parents, like you mentioned, your daughter has some little, like little friends that have queer parents. Mm-hmm. Is that through school or, or like, you know, through she, who she happens to meet and then you branch out from there? It's yeah. It's been a combination. Some people that, that we were friends with, um, some people for even from that, like the, the private parenting group we have on Facebook and the, but like school mm-hmm. is a lot of it. And we, I feel so lucky. Like our community is great right now. Like even, like there's a little boy that that um, my daughter is very very fond of, and uh, he has you know straight parents, but he also you know he wears necklaces and dresses sometimes, and she'll be like, oh I'm gonna wear this dress because he's gonna love it and he's gonna want one, and I'm like oh, oh that's, that's great that's, I love that yes like <laughs> yeah. right now they're in this very like nice supportive yeah bubble uh huh um and we all support each other and help each other and it's like having people that you can like legitimately vent to and talk mm-hmm. to about like it's hard you know having a young child is hard and it's hard to talk to your kids your friends without kids uh for very long about your kids there's like a there's a very short amount of time that people want to hear stories about your kid <laughs> yeah do you have like an internal rate like an internal timer of like okay <laughs> yeah like I like I try not to bring her up too much like I'll share like if something's like really funny or uh-huh. really interesting and then it's like people have to ask follow-up questions for me to keep going because that's I how just straight assume. women should be with their boyfriends <laughs> <laughs> give me a couple of in, an interesting anecdote mm-hmm. a crazy story other than that mm-hmm. I'll ask you if I want to know more yeah <laughs> but I think you should talk about I would love to hear stories about your daughter way more than I want to hear Stories about anybody's boyfriend, but I mean, I mean, same, but I'm, yeah. I'm biased and also not interested in anyone's boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Do you feel like it has made friendships harder with, with people who don't have kids? Like, you feel like now there's like a kind of that line in the sand a little bit, or like this is this friend group, this is that friend group? It, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, there were some friendships that I wouldn't say I totally lost, but like that we, got really distant because like our lives got so different. Yeah. As my daughter's getting older, some of those people are coming back into my life a little more because like the first year, Mm -hmm. you you can't really like go anywhere or do anything. And so there's the people that are like awesome and make an effort and understand that you're like, you can't just go meet them in a restaurant or go to a bar or whatever. Yeah. And then there's the people that kind of don't get it or don't, care to get it and it's like it's not that I blame them it's obviously like a decision that that we made sure. mm-hmm. um it's not like something that was thrust upon us um which you know sometimes is not the case with straight couples but mm-hmm. for us yeah uh but yeah and then now now it's kind of separate friend groups it's like my friends that are parents who I'm honestly a lot of the time more comfortable with because I can relax and not have to feel like I have everything together or it's okay if my daughter is having a hard time or cries or something. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I have to apologize because they get it because they're in it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's the friends that I, that don't have kids that I go out and see like in the evenings or, you know, when I have a sitter and like we can then go out and like drink and party and talk about work or whatever. Yeah. 
What has been one of the most like unexpected things about parenthood? Um, that's such a good question. I, I think the, the cliche, but true answer is, uh, how like overwhelmingly fulfilling it is. Yeah. Like how I just love being a mom and care about being a mom more than I've ever loved or cared about anything else ever in my life. And like everything else kind of pales. Like I'm a very career oriented person too. Yeah. But like comparatively, I, I like nothing else is as important or as like lovely. Yeah. Um, it's also the scariest thing in the world because it's relentless like, I didn't realize, like, how terrified I'd just be all the time for the rest of my life. Yeah. Because there's this person that is my whole world mm-hmm. that's just out there in the world. Yeah. And I kind of don't care about anything except, like, what happens to her. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what could devastate me. Yeah. yeah. And 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 that's um, so scary. Yeah. <laughs> my sister's uh, oldest kid he just went to preschool this past week for mm-hmm. the first time so it was his first time you just know just like leaving the house for the day to go somewhere else yeah, yeah granted I think it's only like two and a half hours a day or something like that but my sister I have never like heard her express so much like fear and anxiety and was constantly like I feel like I'm gonna throw up even though it went well every single mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. and she's like it went well I still feel like I'm going to throw up and it's so mm-hmm. not like her to to be that way but yeah it's you know you just want so much for this kid to be okay Happy, okay yeah, and safe yeah. and yeah because like as an aunt I'm just like Chrissy come down this is great for him he's going to make a little friend yeah, he's yeah. going to have his little routine <laughs> he's going to be making crafts it's going to be great and she's like what if this happens yeah, yeah of course <laughs> And yeah, and, and I mean, you're right, because of course it is like really good for them, but it is, it is so scary. The world's just so scary. I know. And it's like the older they get, the less control you have. Like, like when they first come out of you, you have like a lot of control because uh-huh. they, they need you and they can't do they anything you without time. you. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then like the older they get, mm-hmm. the more that they start Ugh. taking control and the more you have to like start letting go, which seems horrifying, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially for me <laughs> as a... It's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the best and the worst. It is. It is. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I'm trying to like mentally prepare myself, uh, even though like I know that you can't know what it's like until you're there, but I just like try to get myself into like almost like letting go of expectations, but but, but, like knowing that my life is going to be forever changed and that I'm not going to be able to, to grasp it. Yeah. Until I'm in it and just be okay with that. Yeah. And just like, you know, cause it, it can be like for a while when I was going back to back and forth about like, do I really want kids mm-hmm. and thinking about like, oh my God, like my life is going to change so much and I'm so happy right now mm-hmm. with my life. Why would I do this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I will but, say, oh, no, oh go ahead, no, no, go ahead, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Oh no. But like knowing the other side of it that it's like, you know, what's important in this world, love and other people and connections. And, you know, it's not for me, like the 10 minutes I spend on stage telling jokes, like in the grand scheme of things, like I do think that being a a mom and a parent is going to be very fulfilling and very great for 
my family. Anyway. So what I was going to say is I can kind of help dispel one of those fears a little bit with that um, because I because Please I do. am dispel <laughs> all my fears. Uh, well, because I am so much a career oriented person and always have been, and you know, as we all know, career in the arts is very unpredictable, very yep. time consuming. Uh, very freelancy. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was scared that being a mom was going to hit that really hard. Mm-hmm. And I will say, and I know this isn't necessarily the case for everyone, uh, but for everyone that I I know, like closely, it has been. My career actually has grown and gotten better since becoming a mom, which is something I didn't expect. Um, like I started getting like bigger and cooler job opportunities and more press and like more things. And I was like, wait, this doesn't That does make me very happy Mm -hmm. to hear. And then like (laughs) a friend of mine who had like wanted to pursue directing, our daughters are born two days apart. And then like now she is like, like a, a established director and directing and like doing stuff and has been on like some big shows. And it's just like both of our careers uh, grew a lot in the last four and a half years where we've been moms. Yeah. And I wouldn't have, I would have thought like, I thought like, oh, there's going to be a few years of me being so mired in the mom stuff yeah. that I'm going to lose traction. And then like when she goes to school, I'm going to have to like frantically- Like build it all from scratch again. Yes. Yeah. And I was, I was down for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was like, this is what I'm signing on yeah. for. It'll be more important. And then that's not how it happened. Now, granted, I have to juggle things in a different way. Sure. But it helped me a little bit prioritize. That's that's one thing that I've heard is that uh, you 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 become really good about knowing what to say no to yes. and what to delegate or like kick off somewhere else uh-huh. or and also like accepting help from people where yes. before you. I mean, I know I'm a person that's like I have to do it all, and then I, like, but then if you're a mom, you can't. Well, and, and that's the thing. To. So I look at every job or every potential gig or like interesting thing now is like, this has to be worth time away from my kid. Right. Time that I could be playing with my daughter, which means it either has to be so much money that it's going to help the provide family. for her yeah, life exactly. yeah. and the family or such a cool opportunity that I think it will like help our future or yeah. something that I'm just so passionate about working on that it seems worth taking this time away. And when you've yeah. got those priorities so clear, it actually really helps like, because I used to be kind of like, I have to take every job. I have to say yes to everything because how else will I ever get Mm -hmm. momentum? And it's like saved me from myself in that way. It's also very important to still be fulfilled, you know, as a human outside of being a mother because, Mm -hmm. you know, being your best self as a whole person makes you a better parent. Yes. Right. That was good advice. A friend of mine who's a a mom with older kids, the first time I had a, um, a work trip, away from my daughter when she was like 10 months old and I was going to have to be out of the country for a week. And I was really stressed about it. I'm like, she's a baby and I'm going to leave. And like, like, I don't know if I can do this. And I was like really, really stressed. And then my friend was like, yeah, but you're showing her what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a mother, Mm -hmm. what it means to be a parent. Like you want to show her that she doesn't have to sacrifice everything in her life for her family or her kids later, like that you can be happy and fulfilled. Like you want to, 
be that role model because you're what she's going to look at as an example of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh God, thank you. That really. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. for sure. I mean, I know I I had a a working mother and I am so thankful for, you know, I was never once resentful. Well, also she worked for the airlines and I still get to fly uh, for a very discounted fare because of it. So I'm like, that's dope. Doubly grateful for her and her long career at, at Delta. Um, but, but yeah, it never seemed, I don't know. I, I guess it helped like growing up with two working parents and also one where my dad was a professor. So, um, when I was very little, like he took a year of sabbatical to basically raise me and my sister, which isn't like a typical mm-hmm. gendered, uh, distribution of responsibilities. Um, but like, yeah, has, I think helped form my idea of like what is a good parenting, just like balance between two and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm thankful for, I mean, my mom had to work. She was a single mom when we were kids, but it was just like, yeah, you just kind of, that's where I got a lot of my like work ethic from and just seeing Mm -hmm. this person like bending over backwards to just provide for us. It was really, really something special. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. Cool. Anything else you want to say about? parenting um i think we covered it five all stars yeah i think we covered everything we could <laughs> yeah, possibly talk we about totally parenting provided someone with all the knowledge parent. they'll ever need to be a parent yeah yeah you're, you're, you're welcome yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for our listener question all right my favorite part <laughs> I'm 21 and have been out for less than a year and have been dating my first girlfriend for the past nine months. Since I'm new to this whole lesbian thing, she's the first woman I've had sex with. However, she's been loud and proud since she was 17 and has a decent sexual past with many women. The whole small lesbian circle thing is no joke, and I have had to be at the same parties and events or interact with in some way with three-fourths of the girls she's had flings well- with. And welcome. Yeah. yeah. And I know who the last one fourth are from just asking about stories. Uh, and then they come up and I hate it. I have, I have a sexual past too, but it's all been with men that she hasn't had to meet. And I feel like since she's been with only women, it makes it so much easier to compare myself to them. It makes me want to throw up thinking about her having had sex with someone I have to be in the same room with. She has never made me question her love for me and has never given me a reason to feel insecure. Am I just fucking crazy or is this a valid feeling? I don't want to make her feel like she can't talk about things (laughs) she did before she knew me. And I'm sure this listener feels great that we're I'm sorry. laughing it up. No, no. Yeah, I mean, explain, I'm, but. yeah, uh, I don't want to avoid every lesbian event in fear of having to see someone, but it also makes me well, feel same. so uncomfortable <laughs> when I have to. Is, is this just a fact of lesbian life that I have to get used to? Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody like, it's like she, she did the, the ice bucket challenge yeah, oh <laughs> with God. like lesbian life. <laughs> It's a rude awakening. I mean, Get used you to it. You know what? I There is no simpler. Yes, this is what it's like. I mean, we live in like one of the biggest cities in the world and that community is still pretty small. You know, like. Yeah. If I were to go to like a, a like a, the cubby hole in New York, I would probably run into someone I dated, you know, or at least had a weird thing with or something. It's just kind of a fact. And it's also so uh, such a 
deep part of lesbian culture to be friends with your exes. Yeah. That that is that is unavoidable. That like dating someone who is friends with just even one ex-girlfriend is literally unavoidable. I don't know what to tell you. I know it, it sucks, but don't you don't have to compare yourself to other people though. Yeah, like, it sounds and, like you've you've got some insecurity yeah, issues and, that maybe I don't know. Uh Maybe you, you should talk honestly with her about that. And also maybe, you know, and this is advice for everybody, but like everyone could benefit from going to therapy and things like that and kind of working on yourself and your confidence. And, and it, you said it yourself, she's never given you a reason to yeah. doubt that she loves you. So if it's something you should, you want to talk about with her, I think you should do it. But I would avoid, um, I would avoid like kind of coming at her with like a, you have so many people you've slept with and, I don't want to see them, that kind of thing. Like it sounds like she's done nothing wrong. So this yeah. is nothing that you can really be be mad at her about. Um I I think that I know it's easier said than done, but do not compare yourself to other people. Even if you know, make a mantra for yourself of like all the things that are great about you and that you yeah. bring to the table and repeat it to yourself every day if that helps, um, of why you're the best person to to be with her at this point. Uh, in her life. And if you're confident in knowing that and knowing that you're a, a kick-ass girlfriend and that uh, you two are lucky to have each other, yeah. then then don't then worry great. about that other but stuff. If, if it's going to continue bothering you, then maybe a relationship isn't for you right now, honestly, If you until you work on your yourself and your confidence. Because I've been in that position before where I was like seething with jealousy at every fucking turn about like thinking about other people that women that I was into or or dating had dated in the past. And that's no way to live. Yeah. And it's certainly not how I am now. But that's going to come with time and experience and everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to answer your main question. What do you think, Amanda? Absolutely. I, I mean, I also <laughs> think like the big thing to remind yourself here is she's not with them anymore. Yeah, she's, yeah. With, she's with you, you right now. Yeah. So she knows what it's like to sleep with all of you and has chosen you. Yeah. Like yes. you don't know what it's like to sleep with all of them, but she does and she chose you. So like. There you go. You're Great. cool. You're good. And also this is lesbian culture. Like. This is like one-on-one level lesbian life. <laughs> to, to, to draw in the parenting thing, like one of the kids that, or one of the, the people that my daughter refers to as Aunt Alex is one of my exes. I mean, right. like, so, she's like yeah. in my kid's life on a like regular yeah. weekly basis. It's just, it's, it's part of the culture. Yeah. Yep. It's just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. Yep. <laughs> Amanda, how can people follow you on social media and learn about what you're working on? Uh, you can follow me at Amanda Dibert on Twitter and my last name is German. So it's D-E-I-B-E-R-T, even though it's spelled like die or said like die. <laughs> um, and that's probably, it's probably the easiest way to find me. I'm always on Twitter. Yep. It's a great follow. Highly recommend. Yes, 10 out of 10. <laughs> You can follow us at Diking Out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We all post kind of different things on every channel. So best follow Something all three. For everybody. <laughs> I think I signed us up for Tumblr once, but there's not much going on there. So Tumblr. Yeah. Uh, and you can follow me at TGI Carolyn. And I'm at the Sarah York. And you can always go to patreon.com slash diking out for extra content from us. Thank you so much for diking out with us and dike out with us again next week. Bye. Bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. 
Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.